Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Today, Dan Galinsky joins me. We're going to be talking about some of the wing prospects in this draft. We're going to be going over seven different targets. Dan, do you just want to hop into it with Danny Abdia? Yeah, sure. No. We'll, we'll just run him down short. Okay, so quick notice. We're skipping over Anthony Edwards, who's technically the highest wing prospect in this draft. At this point, the Cavaliers aren't getting Anthony Edwards, so we'll just start again with Abdia. 6'9 forward out of Israel, played for Maccabee Tel Aviv. He was, which is one of Europe's best clubs. He's one of, well, he is the best international prospect in this draft. He's um he's a high high level playmaker, kind of a point forward type. Dan, what stands about what stands out about him to you? Yeah, you touched on that. Uh, the key with Abdia is he has a really high or seems to have a, a high basketball IQ. Can do some or provide some complimentary playmaking uh, at that kind of point forward spot at the three and. Would think you'd throw him in there at the four in some lineups as well, and can defend threes and fours uh, pr- probably at an above average level. Ideally, um, de- a decent athlete as far as NBA standards go, uh, and for his age is is pretty strong and can hold up in in against the wings and fours pr- fairly well, and. The key with him is uh, we'll probably get into is is the swings hill is going to be shot making obviously, and in particular probably pull up shooting. Um, the the spot up shooting there's been some promise there um, after uh, the COVID nineteen uh, induced hiatus there it was starting to get going as a shooter more and was kind of getting more regular Euro league minutes uh, for stretches so. Yeah, for the Cavs, would be an intriguing fit, I, I would think, especially with the Garland Sexton dynamic in there. Yeah, like you said, I, I think that he's he's not an outstanding, he's not like an incredible athlete, but he is a good athlete. And when you you add that with his size, I think he does have potential to be a solid defender, both of, of threes and fours. He he feels like it looks like he has a really good feel for the game when he's playing out there. He just looks comfortable on the floor. But like you said, the biggest thing with him is going to be. Can, how well is he going to shoot the ball? Because again, he can he can get to the rim on drives. He can finish around the rim, but the jump shot he shot twenty eight percent from three and a concerning sixty percent from the line. I don't know how much you've watched of him, but when you when you watch him shoot a jump shot, what do you what is it concerning to you, or do you think it's something that can be fixed? It probably can be fixed, but no, the the form doesn't look bad. Um, it has a a high release point as well, which which helps, um, especially if you're six nine. So uh, it, it, the the release is pretty quick; it's pretty smooth. But uh, yeah, and with the Cavs player development staff, um, as as Evan Damarell has pointed out uh, of Forbes a number of times, they've done a really good job with guys like Jetty Osman, um, Colin Sexton, at least from a spot up standpoint, and and even Blair Nance Jr. Um, in recent years too. So. Yeah, I, I don't think that the form is really a concern. I think to me, it's just when you're drafting a guy with realistically the intention to be your your franchise three for years to come, 
Um, I, I would think he eventually would be at that spot. You really want a, a guy that can create for himself off the bounce and, and create and be at least a fairly competent pull-up shooter in a sense, or at least um, he, he has some some ability to hit step backs here and there, especially in the PNR. But it's it's definitely a question mark at this point. I, I'm not. It's not really like my ideal wing prospect for the Cavs, though. Yeah. How do you like his day one fit in Cleveland? Do you think he would come in and be the starter in the first game, or do you think he would be on the bench behind Jetty and even maybe Dylan Windler? Um, I, I don't think he's an opening night starter, no, just from at least an NBA adjustment. I think Jetty would, especially with a longer layoff too, uh, and just from – an athletic standpoint and having to defend, you're asking him to defend starting threes on, on, on the opening night. I don't, not that Jetty does that well, but I just, I don't know if that, at least given how, at least like the layoff will be, I wouldn't expect him to be that uh, sort of opening night guy. But um, it, I think a lot of the time, actually, he'd probably play at the four spot too. Despite like with Dylan Windler at the three, just because it's six nine with, and he, he's pretty sturdy at two twenty. Um, not really. I mean, he's he's pretty put together for his age at nineteen. So I, I would think you you'd think that he would play maybe fourteen fifteen minutes or, or for decent stretches. But I, I wouldn't expect him to be an opening night guy. No, I agree. Do you think? Obviously, we touched on Edwards a little bit. I think he has the highest potential. I personally feel like he has the highest potential out of anybody in this draft. Outside of Edwards at the wing position, would you say that Denny has the highest potential out of anybody? I would not, know. no. No? I, I think he's more of a – I mean, it's – to kind of touch on what CBS Sports' um, Gary Parrish recently touched on, he, he mocked the Cavs to get him uh, a couple days ago. Um, he's. I would think he's, he's more of a high-floor guy, but – um, the ceiling could be high um, in the right situation, but I just think what he would be tasked to do on the Cavs defensively, I just I don't see him. I think that'll could take could they could kind of uh, have him kind of favor defense initially at least for a bit, and um, him kind of be more of a versatile player that does a number of things decently. But I just I don't know if he'll do. I don't know if he's going to be a big time pull-up guy. So I, I just think he'd be kind of a, a solid player has a good, uh, I, I think he has a much higher ceiling than Jenny Osmond though, uh, it, at least in, on the surface. All right. Well, now I'm interested. Who is your highest wing prospect as far as potential goes? Um, I, I probably not going to love Cavs fans probably won't love me saying this, but I, I have Isaac Okoro up there uh, at, at number one, as far as that goes. So, uh, I just think defensively, I just can't overstate what he can do. Uh, really, at 6'6", 225, just has incredible feel for a player of his age. And I don't think fans realize team defense is a lot bigger of a deal than than many think. You're not going to constantly be defending the guy on ball um, for every possession. And he rotates really well. Um, contest pull up and spot up shooters uh, about as well as you'd want for his age, and doesn't really. Ta- I mean, he he's he can provide 
weak side defensive help at the rim, which is definitely something the Cavs should be valuing. And, and to his credit, Abdia does that too. But I just think Okora was playing probably higher level athletes, at, at least for a, a good number of stretches based on the minute share. So uh, I just think with his ability to really defend one through three at a high level already, uh, not uh, really the ideal guy from an on-ball standpoint that you'd want. And the shot is a question mark. I'm not saying it's not. He, he shot, I believe, sub-29% from three. He but. shot 27% from three at Auburn this year. And gotcha. I actually, while, while he is, I think, just an overall excellent defender, I think on-ball, I did enjoy watching him play. I think he, he's, he's somebody who could really play well as an on-ball defender. I think he's somebody who we could see being in the conversation as arguably like the, the league's best perimeter defender. I think that's, you know, his ceiling. As far as, again, the, the jump shot is a concern. He shot 27% from three. He didn't shoot well from the line either. And unlike Abdia, I think his shot just looks kind of ugly. Like, I think I am more concerned about Orkoro's shot without a doubt than I am Abdia. He is a good finisher around the rim, though. He's a good cutter. Um, I think he's he's a high motor player. He doesn't take plays off, which you know that alone kind of. And we've seen that like in a guy like like Colin almost. As far as just that, he's gonna keep working to improve his game. So that that gives some optimism right there for you know the hope that maybe he could be at least a competent shooter someday. I kind of see him fitting into, and he doesn't have the size, but kind of that Andre Iguodala mold as a player. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good. Um, pretty safe to say, I would think, too. And, I mean, early on, Iguodala was a really, really good player, too. And and that included, I mean, just from a from Okoro's standpoint, I think for the Cavs, it's not – everybody wants to point to shooting, but for Sexton and Garland, he's a really good player to have, and along with uh, Kevin Porter in there, too, in that he doesn't need the ball to really have an impact a whole lot. And I think it's for him on ball, he's he's more gifted than Jetty Osman is at this point. And there's and he's a really good finisher, finishes through contact uh, above the rim, cuts well is a lob threat, is really a good grab and go decision maker after defensive rebounds. And he does rebound very well um, when you look at the uh, percentages, that sort of thing. But. And I, I just think a key with him for the Cavs specifically is he just can fit in in, a, in so many different lineups with in uh, a really seamless fit. And I think him and Dylan Windler actually would do really well together at kind of the two three for for stretches, and especially or even with Kevin Porter at the one some with that too, and uh, can defend fours pretty well for a player his size. I think for him, honestly, like. He'd fit in like at the on like the Rockets, for example, so well. Right oh, he'd be great for the Rockets, yeah. And for them right now, and I think for him, it's you're kind of getting a Marcus Smart type player, but it, but is bigger. I'm not saying he's that level defender right now, but I think that's a kind of player in that mold. And I think those sort of guys. No, does he have the scoring potential, Anthony Edwards? No, absolutely not. But the Cavs need other things besides scoring, and. For him, it's just – and the shot is ugly. I'm with you on that. But 
On the plus side, I think, can he be a 75% shooter from the foul line? Yes, I think he can um, with more player development. And he gets to the line a hell of a lot. And I think for the Cavs at the at the wing, you really need guys, um, given that they have some guys that could shoot, and theoretically in Winler and Porter um, on the perimeter. Porter, from a spot-up standpoint, did really well last season. And I think as he gets more minutes, he'll, he'll become a better shooter. So I just think for Okoro, it just it really sells me that he is a really good finisher. And Jetty Osmond, just, even though the size is there, does not – doesn't get to the line a whole lot. So I wouldn't mind having that sort of guy in there for stretches for a good number of them. And just, again, could fit in so many different lineups and affect games in a number of ways. And you need to have defenders that are switchable defenders in today's league. And that's, that's key for me. Yeah. Looking back at that, um, that Marcus Smart comparison, my only hope for Isaac Okoro is that he does not have the irrational confidence in his shot that Marcus Smart has. But, yeah, that's that's fair, and it doesn't seem like he does. No. But, yeah, a player who would really, as far as fit goes, fit right in with the Cavs and exactly what they need. Is there anybody, I think if this if there's anybody, this is the guy, anybody in this kind of group that we're talking about, guys who you would see as a day one starter for the Cavs, is Okoro somebody who you can see? Yeah, I definitely do. Uh, I just think with what we touched on, he... They need a, a defensive upgrade at the three, and he's he's exactly that. And, and on ball could could be at least could get his own as a finisher. I, I think he could get. I think he could honestly get nine ten a game, which given how he could impact them defensively, night to night, I think it would be more than fine in year one. Hoopheads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavaliers Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, and our other two team-focused NBA pods, Grizz and Grind, and Nuck if you buck. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA. All right, we'll move on to the third guy on my list, Devin Vassell, Vassell, however you want to say it, 6'6 forward from Florida State, kind of your your, your classic 3 and D wing prospect. He shot 41% from three this year. He's a, um, a good athlete who, you know, showed some flashes of creation on ball. I don't know if that's exactly his specialty. Uh, do you like him? I think he's just kind of, he's just kind of your modern NBA wing prototype. Yeah, that's uh, three and D archetype is kind of his thing, but uh, he actually his athleticism really isn't really a strong suit, I wouldn't say, but has has a solid six ten wingspan for for his height, and he is thin though. That's that's kind of the issue with him. Kind of plays thin too, uh, more of a defender on ones and twos. But I I think against threes it'd be more than fine, and de- again being another upgrade over Osman and. Um, also, I think he had, I think he had 1.4 steals and 1.0 blocks per game this year and really high IQ player just knows where to be defensively a lot. I think at times kind of go gambles a little bit, 
But I, I think that you can kind of coach that out of them. And uh, I'd rather have guys that are active helpers than not. So for the Cavs, yeah, I think that'd be a good pick as well. But um, offensively, has is much more developed than Okoro and probably has a higher ceiling. Um, actually is a very good, uh, has a really, really high release point and can get off shots uh, after just kind of subtle moves. Uh, uses ball fakes really well. Uh, really polished uh, pull-up shooter. So um, I think for the Cavs, yeah, that'd be a good guy to have. Um, and comes from a winning culture at Florida State, which I think is, is kind of an underrated thing. So, yeah, I, I think just, yeah, it'd be a, a solid player. I, it's hard to say on the ceiling for him, but, yeah, I think he could be a really solid player for him, too. Yeah, I, I think he is a high, I think he's a high-level defender again. He can He's somebody who really, I think, is really good off-ball. I think he's a really active defender off-ball. You know, I, again, you, you said he kind of gambles in the lane sometimes. You don't want as much of that as he does, but I, I do like that sometimes. I think he's good in transition with or without the ball. One area of his game that leaves a little bit to be desired is his playmaking. That's not a strong suit of him. He had a high turnover rate last season. But overall, is he somebody who you could see as a pick in that fifth spot? Or would you see that as more of a realistic option if the Cavs were to trade back? Uh, I, I, w- I would say it definitely is. Uh, I'd say he's in if- the conversation. Yeah, I, I think he is, uh, just because the way you can never have enough wings, really, in today's league. So, yeah, I think if, especially if Okoro is taken at four, I, I think that's definitely a guy they'd strongly consider. But it, it's it's hard to say on trade downs, because I, I'm not exactly sure who would want to trade into that spot. Yeah. Um, given that, that the, the big three of Wiseman, Ball, and Edwards would likely be off the board, so... Yeah, I think the Cavs would strongly consider him there, though, still, just because it's a premium position and they, they need help there. Moving on, we have Patrick Williams as the next guy, a 6'8 forward. Really great size at the forward position. He's just a really big kid. He's um not the best athlete, and he needs to improve, I think, as a finisher. But another good shooter off the catch who has some solid pull-up potential. He's a he's a good team defender, I think, and he has some potential as a rim defender or as a rim protector. But I I, I kind of see him as more of a natural four right now. I think, like I said, I don't love him as an athlete right now, and I think he would need to improve that athleticism to be a three long term. Yeah, that's that's a completely fair take. Um, yeah, with him, he's I think he's at the NBA level. I think depending on the team, he's he's like a three four hybrid. Um, but yeah, for the Cavs, five would probably—I mean, objectively—it could be a high pick for him. But there, there is—he did show f- pull-up flashes, and he's, I believe, the youngest prospect in the draft. So, um, and shot eighty-three percent from the foul line. I mean, and that—that's not an exact indicator of shooting potential, no. But he is is a really heady defender, and last season, I think if he played on a team not like, I guess you could say the same about the Vassell, but on a team not in Florida State where they run 11 deep and, and generally always have with Leonard Hamilton there, I think his stats would have, and play playing time would have been higher. So 
Yeah, I mean, for uh, but for the Cavs, I think you could plug him in in a number of lineups too. And I think considering Larry Nance, I, I believe actually will play at the three at times next season. I think you can make that work with uh, Pat Will um, in, in there as well. So, yeah, I mean, at 6'8", 225, he's a little thick for the three, I would say. Um, kind of has slower feet, not not, but has decent fluidity getting around off-ball screens. And I just think from a team defensive standpoint, what he can do, I think you could make it work with him as a three a good bit. And the rim protection element as a rotator really is is a key for him. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Patrick Williams' game. Honestly, for in terms of a ceiling standpoint, I think that he could impact games a lot more and a, a, actually is an underrated passer too. Um, we just didn't get to see it at Florida State as much, but I think he's a guy that showed flashes of mid-post and, and kind of face-up ability at Florida State when he had that opportunity. So, yeah, I think in terms of a ceiling and impact on games, he could be higher than Vassell um, long-term, but it just depends on if the Cavs would, would be willing to deal with or give him that. Mm-hmm. I see him. I, he's not in the conversation at five. I see him. I see the rest of these guys as more. I, I see him going in the late lottery to like late teens. Yeah, that's completely fair. I think, yeah, in that 10, 11 range, that it could be feasible there. Yeah, you can see him go a little bit higher there too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tar- tough to completely say with him, but uh, yeah, he's. Could the Cavs potentially trade back? Sure, but it's it's just tough to say. I mean, I guess if the. Pistons maybe thought there's a possibility, say the Cavs were looking at like Tyrese Halliburton at five. Um, maybe they could trade up into that spot, but um, because they really need a one, maybe they could get Williams there. And then, uh, but it, it's, it's just tough to say because there's not many teams that really need extra picks that have extra picks. So that's, that's just kind of my hesitation for the, for the round one guys. When I had a Derek Murray from Babcock Hoops on my podcast, he was on the when this goes up, it'll have been last week. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw both the Pistons as, and the Knicks as potential trade up pieces. He also saw Portland potentially wanting to trade up, and so you could see him kind of picking in that kind of right in the middle of the first round range as well. So that's that's where I think you would consider a Patrick Williams if he's still there. I think that's where you consider these next two guys, too. We'll start with Sadiq Bey, a 6'8 forward out of Villanova. Won the Julius Irving Award for the best small forward in college basketball. A versatile wing. I think he has really high scoring upside. Like I think he's kind of underrated in that perspective. He's a very good shooter. He shot 45% on five attempts a game. He's just he's a high IQ player. I think he, he knows where to be on the floor. He takes good shots. He has a low turnover rate. Obviously, he has really good size at 6'8". You know, that's exactly what you want out of a small forward. Just another guy who's versatile, who can be another one of those 3 and D guys. And I like him as a defender. I think he's a vocal leader on the court for Villanova. So, somebody that I'm really a fan of. Yeah, he's he's a good player. Just contributes to winning in a number of ways, um, as you alluded to. Uh, just has a great feel for the game, which is is really something invaluable, uh, especially for rebuilding teams trying to 
kind of create a, a winning culture. I think he JB Bickerstaff would be a big fan of his, which I mean, understandably so, and comes from again a winning culture as well. Um, and just knows how to play always in the right spots defensively. Um, you see him take charges here and there. And I think he's a better athlete than, than many give him credit for. But, um, and there's, there's some shades of a guy like Jimmy Butler shades, but it's not, it's, it's tough to say with him because, um, at the NBA level, how, what is his, on-ball creation ceiling. It's hard to say right now. Um, he's more of a straight-line driver type um, when guys run him off the line, which to me, I'm not... It, there's You read into the percentages a little bit um, just because he, he did have good uh, competent playmaking around him as well. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a good player, but not really a guy. I mean, kind of in that Williams range if they do find a, found a way to trade back. Um, that, that would be a guy you'd maybe consider it maybe that 11, 12, 13 range. I'm not as high on him, but yeah, he's, he's a solid player and I would think should be at least a fixture in NBA rotation pretty early on. But, um, I, I look at a guy like McCall Bridges. I think he has kind of a higher ceiling personally from, uh, Phoenix. Yeah. I see him kind of fitting a little bit into that mold as a player. I think, Villanova has just been able to produce so many good wings like that. You know, Bridges just being one example, but I just think he has so many intangibles and you combine that with his size and his shooting ability. I just think he's going to be, you know, the next really, again, not, he's not going to be, again, not somebody I see as an all-star, but just the next really, really, really solid player in that position. So we'll move on to. The next one I have on my list is Aaron Naismith, 6'6'4 out of Vanderbilt. He's just a, he's a shooter. Shot 52% from three last season. Uh, he's plays his role well, I think. It just, you know, overall doesn't take too many bad shots. He's a so-so ball handler, but I think, you know, again, just looking at the shooting, he uses sidesteps really well to get good open looks from outside. He's going to be a solid defensive prospect, I think. Good combination of, of length and hustle. He's a good, you know, that's something that I've, I've seen a lot of from him. His season was cut short due to a stress fracture, but I don't think that that's something that should be too big of a concern. That's not something that's a worrisome injury in most cases. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, he's he's a guy that's going to be in there and light it up uh, off, of, off of movement, really uh, – does that well. And yeah, not much of a handle on it for him, but I, I think he's a guy that could end up being like a Landry Shamit type um, comes in off the bench and could get regular minutes early on. Um, but yeah, he's, he's pretty thin. I think that that is the one thing with him. I, I, I could maybe see lower, lower uh, leg issues or lower extremity issues for him. Um, obviously, I'm not going to like forecast injuries, but yeah, I think for yeah for for if you need shooting, yeah, that that's a guy you could look at. But it just seems like mock drafts have him kind of all over the board. So and and for the Cavs, uh, that's it'd be kind of overlap with him. And I think that you're kind of marginalizing Dylan Windler if you were to 
get him, and uh, that's that's not really a guy I'd, I'd steer toward. Yeah, it's it's not somebody who you trade back, and w- with with Aaron Naismith in mind as the guy that you want to take. Again, he he's a valuable player, I think, on any team. Somebody who can shoot the ball will have value wherever he goes, but not not. Of, of all the prospects listed, he's probably my least favorite for the Cavs, just because, again, the overlap with Windler, I think they kind of play the same role. And I I, honest, I like Windler better as a prospect. So you had uh, one more guy on your board if you want to go through him. I really I don't know that much about him at all, so if, I'll, I'll let you take the stage on him. Um, it's it's Jaden McDaniels out of uh, Washington. And early on, I, th- I mean, he definitely disappointed this season. Uh, was was not the production was not great, uh, but struggle struggles as a finisher somewhat um, for his size and is really thin. I, I think he's six nine, I believe, like two hundred or one ninety eight in that range. So, uh, but it was kind of a tough situation for him. I don't think he really got nearly as much usage as as I think he could have had. But um, I, I'm not saying for the cat. I mean, he could be a guy that you kind of look at as uh, a guy similar to maybe the Kevin Porter Jr. situation last season that maybe you kind of trade back into round one. Maybe I, I, I've seen him in the high 20s and the low 20s. So uh, if the Cavs kind of deem that he has that kind of high caliber three potential um, you, you do see he does have a good handle for for a three, his guard like ability, honestly. But um, and, and you see the pull up ability here and there, and there is he has a high release point. The, sh- the shot looks good. Um, it, it is it's a pretty good athlete, but and defensively, um, he is thin, but uh, does a decent job against threes. Has has pretty good feel there. But um, can he be a player that can affect games without the ball? That's that's a huge question mark. So, but I, I think for the Cavs, that that'd be a guy that's intriguing that you could maybe look to trade up for and maybe give up some future twos for. But because um, he was, I mean, he was a high recruit. But yeah, that's obviously not not close in the mix at five um, due to a lack of production this year. But. Um, that's that's a guy. If, if you look at a poor type deal later on, I, I I could understand the Cavs doing that, um, just because there is a high ceiling there potentially. I, I mean, I think he has real ability, especially on ball. Um, and he, he there were some comparisons coming out to Brandon Ingram just due to the um, guard like instincts, ability to create uh, on the perimeter, especially in that baseline area. Um, and can kind of just shoot over guys, which I think is definitely a skill, especially at the three, that uh, you, you don't take for granted. And uh, again, no, that's 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 a player that's – I mean, it's definitely a project player. So, yeah, but that's that's about it on, on McDaniels. It's, it's all potential. Yeah. Another one of the – I mean, the Cavs are in a position where if they, if they see him and like him, they could take on a project. That's – not out of the cards for the Cavs. So, overall thoughts on this draft and this 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 crop of players in particular? I don't think the. I mean, as the narrative goes, that it's not not a ton of 
top end talent, but there is some intriguing guys, and and I think there's plenty of defenders that could uh, help the Cavs impact winning and fairly early on in their career. And uh, um, honestly, I mean, just to touch on Halliburton, as we noted earlier, I, I think he's definitely a guy that could be kind of a dark horse for the Cavs just because he, he himself is a hell of a defender, even though he is, I mean, he is thin, but at, at six, five, um, our, our own Amadou Sal kind of touched on how, he really could fit well with Colin Sexton just because of his feel for the game. Uh, does it has a wonky shot that, that that thing needs work, but as uh, a spot up guy, has did a really good job uh, at, at Iowa State. Runs the game well. Um, I, I think that's a guy that the Cavs should really be looking at if he's there. Um, or there are essentially reports that Killian Hayes said that the Cavs weren't really interested in him, but or his agent did. But that's that's another guy that they, they could look at. Is, is physically gifted, um, really can create space well. But, yeah, for the Cavs, I think if they, if they were to come away with Isaac Okoro, that's, that's about in this draft. It, it, frankly, given the talent level or lack, their, lack of all-star potential, I think that's kind of a home run pick, honestly. Yeah, I think Okoro... As soon as the Cavaliers landed at number five, Okoro was the first guy. The first guy that came to my mind. Him and Onyeka Kongwu were kind of right. My two main targets at that pick, assuming that they keep it. If they have something on the board to trade back, I think you should definitely consider that as well. But Okoro, I think, would really be again. You're not getting a star in this in this draft, at least not at number five. But Okoro is a real player. So oh yeah, there's there's a ton of. Um, defensive uh, potential there, and McCongo would be a really nice player too. But um, I, I think they're they could maybe look to trade up if Lamella Ball's there at two with the Warriors, just because the Warriors don't seem to be they seem to be there have been reports of them being interested in maybe trading for an established vet or maybe trading back. So that could be in the cards, if one would think. But I think. For the Cavs, it might make more sense to just kind of take a Koro and or and or a Kongwu, and just given how talented the twenty twenty one class is, you could get kind of a franchise caliber player there. So um, that might be a better move for them. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're gonna wrap it up here then, guys. Thank you so much for listening, Dan. Thanks again so much for coming on. It's always fun to have you on. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe, rate review do anything that you would do to a podcast that you enjoyed listening to so uh thank you all again and we'll see you next time all right thanks guys and thanks again for having me justin thank you for listening to cavalier central be on the lookout for another episode coming soon